Hi, you guys. It's Betsy Beers again. I am executive producer of Scandal. We have an incredibly special guest today who is one of our phenomenal actors on the terrific television program Scandal. Who is that? And that might be you. Oh. That would be you. Oh, look at that. That would be so you. We have Scott Foley here who, as you guys know, plays the mysterious, enigmatic, and spicy Jake. Spicy Jake Ballard. Spicy Jake Ballard. Spicy Jake Ballard. And that's sort of like maybe... It should be Jake Spicy in quotes Ballard. Maybe yeah. that's his official middle name. Like his fight name. Maybe it's his <laughs> fight name. That would be awesome. I think that I think we should all have fight names. Jake think, Spicy Ballard. Exactly. And you know, you know that whatever you're getting into that ring with is going to be is going to be hot and give you quite a punch. Oh, I like that. Right? I like. You should produce T-shirts. a show. T-shirts. You know, I should do something with my life <laughs> if should, it's worthwhile. You right? should get in there. Um, I'd like to point out today <clears throat> that Scott is wearing a really lovely, nicely tailored. Sort of a, a wine and white, sort of checkered striped shirt with um, his sleeves rolled up and what looks to be a pretty decent watch, to tell you the truth. Oh, thank you. And um, a nice pair of jeans and some very nice uh, green shoes. Yeah. You're looking very, very sharp. Thank you. And today I decided to dress as his twin. So I'm wearing exactly the same <laughs> you outfit. You look fantastic Thank in you, my by clothes. the way. Don't I look really good in your clothes? I thought I thought that that would be a nice touch, although your shoes don't fit me. Isn't that the beauty of a podcast? Like, what are you, you're not wearing anything. I know, exactly. It's like super, super awesome. I am wearing clothes because that would be horrifying. Hi, and welcome to the I Naked wasn't. Scandal podcast. Exactly. You know, there used to be a, um, a show in New York back in 1847 when I lived there. <laughs> sure. And it was a fabulous television show with a former porn artist who she would do the entire yeah it show. was on it was on New York one uh, it was Robin Bird yeah and it was called uh, yeah the Robin Bird show yeah. and she would wear a string bikini and porn stars would come on and it reminds me of that was the closest thing to a naked talk show I ever it saw. was great it was the closest thing to porn I ever got me, so, yeah. me too exactly <laughs> that's sort of where it ended for me too I know <laughs> it's like so so dear listeners yeah. don't even think that we just talked about that um, and we are here officially talk to Scott about top of the hour. So this is actually a big episode for Jake because it feels like every single time now we meet Jake, Jake is doing something we can't believe. And this one for me was after this photographer gets beaten up and his cell phone rings, you pull the mask off and it's like, oh, great. You just pounded the crap out of that dude. You can do that too. I think Jake may be able to do anything. I think that's the thing. It, this is becoming a supernatural sort of superhero show, and Jake is just the introduction. <laughs> I hope he of, flies of, soon. <laughs> Cloak of invisibility. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, there, that's an interesting point you bring up. And, and I, I first want to say that, that top of the hour, by the way, when I read the script and read the title, I didn't get it until, and, and it, it's executed so beautifully oh, yeah. in the script, how they're all sitting in the car until top of the hour yep. and they can finally right. make their way past the reporters. It's brilliant. It's such a brilliant move and such a great sort of an insider thing that you wouldn't know unless you had someone, you know, it's totally. just it's amazing. But with regards to Jake and the picture, I don't blame him. Now look, uh, physical violence, you know, we, we don't need to get into that, but for what he does in in the world that he lives in, he would be compromising and sacrificing a ton. Oh yeah. If that picture were to get out and 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 get out not even to the public, but get out to the president. Oh, that's a big problem here, dude. Like, that would be a big, massive problem given what the heck's going on here. Yeah, so I think that photographer got off easy. Um, I think he might have, actually. <laughs> and, you know, I, the fact he was breaking into someone's backyard and snapping a photo anyway. What are you doing? Breaking in? off. The deal, I think, for Jake is I um, was watching the episode 
in post when we do, as I've talked about to you guys before, <coughs> when we're in the process of putting music in and we're sure. doing sound effects and stuff. And I always get to watch it. It's a wonderful experience. I get to watch it with a bunch of people who haven't seen it before and don't know what's coming. And the moment where the guy broke in to take the photo, everyone in the room went, <gasps> like it was awesome because you knew that you don't want him to get caught. Yeah. But it was such, it's such an incredible moment. And it's, you really do feel for Jake in that moment. You feel for Jake. And I, and I think, uh, I specifically remember shooting that with Carrie, and we did it a, a couple of ways, you know, and each time we, we did it where I would sort of make a move towards the photographer as soon as he snapped the picture and she would stop me. Uh, we did it where I didn't make a move, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. which I'm sure you saw in the editing room, and, and it, it just felt more right for her to sort of assume control of that situation. You're in her turf. That's exactly right, and I was, it was s completely out of my control and out of my purview with regards to, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, Jake is never in that position. He never puts himself in that position. No. And I think this was the first time in his life, and he was acting instinctually. I mean, I'm definitely starting to get this feeling that this guy really, in, in seriousness, can do everything and has been in a lot of situations. Like, he feels like the stuff that he's seen and done, the relationship with the president, which we're going to learn more about yeah. as we go through this phenomenal last bunch of episodes, I think you guys are going to get much more of a sense as to the depth of the relationship with Fitz and what that's all about. Clearly, the guys walked a lot of road. Yeah, I think so, too. I think, you know, when we first find out, you know, we, we meet him and we find out that he's in naval intelligence, which just by the very definition of that job I'm means... I'm terrified. Means, right of course, that you, you, you've seen a lot of stuff. Yeah. Then we find out that he was in the Navy with Fitz, which means that he was probably in there for a long time. You know, we think about it and we think about what the age difference is between... Fitz and Jake. So, you know, Fitz was probably Jake's commanding officer. I think I think Jake, you know, and I'm talking backstory that I've made up. I think Jake has probably went through officer training school and, and sort of rose through the ranks. But he and Fitz became close, became friends, if you can be, with a, a commanding officer. Mm -hmm. Just doing what he does and having, having been in the military, then in military intelligence. And now we're learning sort of in this gray place where the president can call on him mm -hmm. to do these things that's really outside of his duty with regards to the Pentagon. Technically, his job. Program. That's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And you then know? there's so much more there than, than meets the eye. Yeah. And you know, it's funny is oh, sure. one of our fine Twitter uh, gladiators sent in a question you just actually answered, which oh. is Neo Scandal asked, how did Jake and Fitz know one another? Was Fitz Jake's commanding officer in the Navy? So that's your backstory. That's, certainly. yeah, you know, I mean, we're given a, a certain amount of information in the script, and, and as an actor, part of my job is to sort of fill in the blanks and, totally. and uh, build a character, and that spans everything from Jake's relationship with God and his parents to the kind of cologne he wears. I mean, everything, you know, you've got to go through and... and um, I think he wears high karate. High karate? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Does anywhere, no, anyone wear high karate anymore? anymore? No. no like, I, I don't I think like, you I can want, find what, it anymore. What do you it's think? What kind brute of cologne? Or, brute, I think. It, well, you know what I, what I chose? And it's, it's, a, it's like a stupid choice, but Old Spice. Navy? Ships? Nice! Right? Nice. That's what you got. Oh, my God. You, you totally get a microwave oven for that. The, <laughs> the level of detail is disgusting. But, but the truth is that's what you guys do. That's what we do. And, and you know, when we know that, that uh, Fitz was a naval officer, we know that uh, Jake was in the military, we know that they have a history together. So yes. I, you know, sort of connected the dots in the most simple way possible. Totally. And as you guys all know, too, because I'm um, talking to a lot of the actors, we've had these conversations about how Shonda really makes a big effort not to put too many pieces of the puzzle or... A lot of backstory in just because I think characters are evolving. And, yeah. and so you guys are very good at 
creating the realities that really infuse the character that you're playing. And Thank you. that really, I think, definitely comes through that there is a, a very deep, intense history with the two of these guys. Because when you really think about it, the president called him to do the one thing he couldn't ask anybody else to do. Yeah. And he doesn't trust Cyrus right now, and he doesn't trust Melly, Mm-mm. and he doesn't trust anybody. Mm-mm. So who does he call? He calls this guy from his past who Liv isn't even familiar with. So it's a very, it's a really interesting triangle in a lot of ways that is starting yeah, I mean, to develop. I, have, I think I have those people in my past. Yeah. You know, that, that my wife is, she's heard their names before, but doesn't really, you know, and if, if something really bad happened, uh, they might be the people I call before I called my brother or, you know, because there are, there are, there are people that, dil- that fill different spaces in our lives. And, uh, and I think this is one that Jake filled, obviously, perfectly for Fitz. Betty G at Gorbit 05. Sure, asks, Betty G. I like that name, Betty G. Maybe that sounds like a good option when I get sick of Betsy. <laughs> Although Betty G took it, so I'm sorry, Betty. You should keep it. You can't have it anymore. Now that Jake's falling for Olivia, how long do you think he's going to be able to continue to spy on her for Fitz? Oh, that's an interesting question. He seems to be a pretty good juggler. Yeah, I, you know, I think part of his job is, is, is juggling the lies that, you know, inevitably someone in his position has to manage. You know, I, I know a little more about the story than, than what we've seen tonight. I think we've seen him. There's only so many balls you can have in the air at one time. And, and the interesting thing is what happens when one of those balls falls and how long it's going to be until yeah. he drops that. I'm not sure. Yeah. But I can't wait until it happens. Yeah. And the, the, the complicating <clears throat> factor, too, is, from what I can tell, is his genuine growing emotional connection with Olivia. It, it was apparent, you know, to, to him at least, from the first time he, he saw her. He saw her in he, the coffee shop. That's exactly right. And, and that was a planned meeting because he'd been watching her for a while. He had been watching her and just felt a connection and had to, uh, you know, it's this sort of in real life thing where you, you people text her, they do that, and then you finally meet someone. And, and it's, yeah. uh, it's, maybe it's, it's his online dating right there. The people he spies on, you know, that's how you get to know someone. Can I tell you it's efficient? Because really, you've, you've vetted them. It's a one-way street. It's a totally one-way No one way gets street. to check me out. No, exactly. You know, he, he, uh, he knew she didn't have any tattoos. He knew, you know, there's things he knew about he her that he knew. really liked. He just knew. His mom always said, never date a girl with a tattoo, see, and she was it. See, and one more fact about Jake's mom. Dan Yale at Lache DC basically says, you know, why is Jake spying on Olivia? And I think we're talking about that a little bit. Did President Fitz hire him? Yeah, yeah def- definitely. Fitz definitely hired him. And, and is it business or personal working with Olivia? I think that's exactly what we're talking about. It's, it's Yeah, both. it's both. You know, it, was, it, it started out as business. This was a job. He was tasked to do this. He was sort of ordered to do it, mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. it was a friend or not. When, when the, commanding, uh, the commander-in-chief, who is the, you know, the, the highest-ranking military officer in the land of all the departments of the military asks you to do something, whether it's an order or not, it's an order. So it started professionally, and it became personal. He desired it to be more than just a professional relationship. I think he's got good taste. I think he's got good taste in um, women and cologne. In apartments, by the way, because I'm just going to say... How great is that Let's set? just talk about that for a second. Yeah. I saw the sketches for Jake's apartment, and I went in to Mary Howard, our beloved line producer, and I said, so why can't I have this? Uh, it's and she said, I don't know, because you're not a character on the television show. Amazing. I was like, it's the best loft it's ever. amazing. I mean, that, the, the sort of two-tiered, the, with the living room up here and the kitchen down here and the bedroom, sort of catty-corner with those Venetian the, the blinds Venetian there. Venetian blind thing? So, so cool. So nice. So we have yet to see his bathroom, which I'm really interested to see. Like, 
is it marble? What is he? A soapstone on the gate? Is there a double vanity? Surprised you haven't worked him? that out in your head. I haven't worked it out in his head, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thinking. Probably. Maybe there's a little porthole. Maybe because well, <laughs> you worked in the naval. Here's the thing: I'm tall. So you are most, tall. Most bathrooms have a have a low, and you probably know this. They have a, a a low counter, and when you brush your teeth, I've thrown my back out like four times brushing oh, yeah. my teeth because the sink's way down here. Oh yeah, no, it's so it's not I good. think he would have had it redone with a higher uh, vanity, a higher. I think a lot of shower. I think there's, he's a big shower guy. It could just be one big shower room. Huge, huge big shower room. How great would that Wouldn't be? Wouldn't that be awesome? I, as a kid, I always wanted a bedroom that was just one big bed. Like you open the door and you have to climb onto the bed. <laughs> what if the, the whole room is just a shower? That would be so awesome. And you could have like a little corner that like had the sink in it and stuff. Yeah. People brush their teeth in the shower. Like it's, you could they, do they, everything they there. They do. Well, almost. You pipe hot water through the mirror so that it doesn't steam up. I mean, look, there's some, some plumbing issues to be worked out, but we can... There are, there's a water closet. You just put everything else in the water closet. I need a diagram this. Do you, you have a diagram? I need we a... need a, the production designer, because right. I think all of this has now been settled. But I just want to say that Wendy Carter at Luna Snowy River says, Jake, you falling for Olivia or just being a player? Mm. Don't break her heart. And, and in all honesty, I'm not uh, being sarcastic here. I think Jake is going into this with the best of intentions and has no intention to break her heart. Even though he knows and he... He's been spying on her. He doesn't obviously want it to come out. He has no intention of breaking her heart. He really likes her. He's got, he's got a lot on his plate. This guy, like, this is, this is gonna get complicated. Which is what is so great about this show is it gets so complicated. I love it's that. like all these relationships that are it. like collapsing on each yeah. other, and then you find out at the end of this that Melly's figured out, and Melly doesn't really know Jake. Melly has no idea. Which is great. Which is. Yeah. Exactly what you're saying about your lovely spousal yeah. unit is yeah. we're not totally sure about these people in the past that sometimes come up that have a special place. Scandal US at Scandal US wants to know what has been your most challenging role so far and why? Personally, my most challenging role was Noel Crane on Felicity uh-huh. and at one point in my career because it was, it was early in my career and I had a hard time with some of the choices that he made and the with the the triangle that was sort of the center of that show mm-hmm. uh, between uh, Felicity, Ben, and Noel. You know, I have to say this has been a very challenging role for me, Jake, because I'm used to playing, people know me for playing the, the nice guy or the good guy, as you said in the beginning, and to be, to have a role where it's not necessarily that clear mm-hmm. if he is the good guy mm-hmm. or if he is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And finding the balance, finding the line, whether it's, a look at the end of the scene or the intention going through the scene, mm-hmm. figuring out what I want mm-hmm. because I don't know what's coming next mm-hmm. is very mm-hmm. difficult. And and so that makes Jake one of the more, if not the most, complicated and challenging roles to play. That makes total sense. And I think what's interesting is it's so much about what all the characters on Scandal end up being, which is both. You know, everybody on Scandal pretty much, nobody's not tainted. And it takes... Yeah every character a while or yeah. for us to find out and look we don't still totally know everything about Harrison and mm-hmm. there may be a weird skeleton in David's closet and a lot of it boils down to that same thing about white hats versus black hats and it's yeah I think you believe you wear the white hat of course to a large degree uh, you you have to I mean you can't you can't in my opinion when you play a character you have to believe that their motives are pure to them yes exactly and and I believe that there's a way that Jake gets things in his head, as we all do, where he thinks it's okay what he's doing or what he's done or what he has to do. And I think he has that in common with everybody on Scandal. When you look at Cyrus does what 
the way Melly, her goals, I totally understand and sympathize with her goals. The yeah. methodology sometimes you look at and think, maybe not the smartest plan. But we're all that way. But we're all that we're way. We're all that way. Which is why all the characters are so incredibly engaging and involving because you understand the vulnerability and humanity. And in a lot of cases, that involves possibly taking hits out on people. So the range of Look, and the level of it to all save justified. Your, to save your love, you got to take a hit, you know? You know. Well put, Scott Foley. Well put. See? Well, you know, one other question. K. Smith at EverFocus just wants to know what your favorite color is. You know, it's a harder question than you think because it's a, really hard. A, the spectrum is so large, really. I mean, it's really hard. Uh, I think scandal is my favorite color. Color me scandal. Color you scandal. Does that work? It's a perfume. No, I. Th- <laughs> <laughs> uh, color was, me scandal. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little story. When I was, I have two younger brothers, and when we were born, our, our mother gave us colors. We all sort of had. We were not color that coordinated, happens. but your room you know, is a certain color. Yeah, yeah. and and we. Uh, uh, we lived in Japan for a short while, and there was a, a, a day called Boys' Day, and, and you have yeah, there's a colors. girls' day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so my color was red, and it's always been red. Not quite as red as my face is right now, <laughs> but it's it's red. Dear listeners, it's a tad red. Foley blushes when he talks about himself. That's Foley, what happens. Foley blushes when he talks about himself. I blush when I talk about myself too. It it's, just happens. It's um. I get made fun of a lot. The makeup people here aren't very fa- f- fond of it. And it happens when you act. Does it happen when you? It act? happens when I act all the time here. Neck. And I like yeah, my neck. Uh, when I go, I've actually, this is a funny story, I went, um, had an audition uh, years and years ago for Mimi Leader. I blushed so bad that I started sweating, and she stopped me in the middle of the audition. She said, I just want to make sure you're okay. <laughs> I didn't get the part, and I couldn't even finish that audition. I was like, I'm fine, but, you know, Now, honestly, that now one all I can think of is... Like, now I'm my, thinking about I'm blushing sweaty, and telling you, blushing. like, here comes the asteroid. Well, and that's the Albert Brooks moment from... Broadcast oh, from News. Broadcast News, where he's just, he's, he's on, just he gets his shot. Know, he gets his shot. Terrible. And he's just going everywhere. It's totally terrible. It's a genius. It's awesome. I can do two things at once. I'm singing. <laughs> I'm, it's genius. I love that movie. Well, uh, there you go, you guys. You, you got it here first. Blushing Neck. The blushing Neck Foley. <laughs> the Blushing Neck Foley, and you can guarantee it's my full face. I do a full face blush. Full face blush? Uh, constantly. And, and when you can't see my face blushing, my back is red as can be. See... Like constant sunburn. So there's always something. There. There's always something, It's right? the Irish in me. This has, um, needless to say, been a pleasure and delight, and I really hope Thank I you. can convince you to come back up here on one of your days off, which is one of the nicest things about this, you guys, is very often these poor people come up here on their days off when I'm not supposed to be bothering them, and they sit here, and they drink water, and they... Are you kidding? Let me talk about it. I'm a, I'm, I was a fan of the show before I was on it, and I would talk about it. I, I do talk about it with my wife all the time, but I love it. This is um, so great to have you both on the show and here. Thank you. This coming week, you're going to look forward to another fabulous new Scandal episode. It is called Snake in the Garden. Um, You'll understand why when you see it. And I'm going to tell you guys once again, we're at that point in the season where we're really starting to ramp up. And the stuff is going to be flying fast and furious. So do not miss an episode. It's really this upcoming one. Things are going to get a lot deeper and a lot more complicated, and it just keeps driving in that direction. Trust me, because I don't lie about this stuff. As it should. So please watch our new episode of Scandal next week, 10 o'clock, ABC. And please also check out a new episode of Grey's Anatomy, ABC, 9 o'clock, Thursday nights for both of them. I will be back next week with another podcast. It will be new, fresh. This is Betsy Beers. I'm executive producer of Scandal. This is Scandal Revealed. I will talk to you guys next week.